Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 32 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a reminder, you can find detailed show notes of this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 32. I am really excited about today's show because my guest has achieved great success doing something that I constantly advise freelance writers not to do. (laughs) And I'm talking about going after small local businesses. The problem I have with going after that market in small local businesses is that typically these entrepreneurs, these businesses have no budget for writing, for marketing. Uh, They don't get it. They don't get the value of great copy and great content. They don't see that value. And you end up spending too much time trying to educate them on the value and trying to sell the idea. Uh, And most of the time, that time goes to waste because they still don't get it and they still don't hire you or want to pay the fees that you deserve. However, my guest today has built a six-figure income writing for small businesses. And she's done that in just two years, uh, which is just amazing to me. And her name is Chandra Russell. She is a freelance writer based in Savannah, Georgia, and she works with local businesses to help them with their blogs, their newsletters, marketing content, and social media. And while I'm still not a big fan of going after this sector of the market, I have to admit that Chandra has found a winning formula that works for her. So I would pay very close attention to what she has to say today because she is living proof that there is a way to go after this market and to not just go after it, but make it work and make a very good living doing it. So she's going to explain why she's decided to go after small local businesses, how she makes it work how she finds the right kinds of prospects to go after, how she approaches these prospects, and how she gets repeat work and referrals. So let's go right to it. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Chandra, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So, you know, for for people who don't know about you, and, you know, I recently got I uh, heard about you for the first time at uh, Carol Tice's blog, makealivingwriting.com, which is awesome. Um, and I was really inspired by your story and um, everything that you've been able to do in a very short period of time. And for those who don't know about you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what kind of work you do and what kind of people you target? Okay. Well, I've sort of stitched together a business based on writing and that has grown into providing content marketing for small and medium businesses, you know, focusing on social media, newsletter writing, blogging, um, really any kind of communication that they need. And I still freelance write uh, mostly about businesses for uh, local publications and as well as uh, national magazines. And 
also create digital products to share what I've learned on this journey and actually dabble in some fiction writing as well. So a lot of different income streams, which has been the key to uh, being able to have this business and kind of sustain this lifestyle business that we've created. Okay. So in terms of the kind of the traditional writing that you do for publications, I mean, what would you say percentage wise that is of your income? I mean, is that a big part or a small part? Um, it's smaller, you know, in a dream world, it would be a bigger piece, but I think I'd have to say about 25% is just more traditional writing. And, um, you know, I just published my first digital e-guide and that has been nice. You know, you wake up and there's money in your bank account, you know, that wasn't there the night before. So that passive income has been great. And I'm participating in NaNoWriMo right now, you know, National Novel Writing Month. And I still, you know, I'm passionate about that side. But, you know, reality is that people pay less now and, you know, less per word. And I had to find a way to still be a writer, but also make a living. And, so social media and digital marketing has been a really great outlet for that. And there's so many business owners that are just overwhelmed and need help and need somebody to write content for them. And I just finished reading Utility by Jay Bear, and he talks about, you know, every single business really is this content marketing machine now with all their, you know, needs for blogs and just constant communication with their target audiences and, to me, it's just words, you know, it's all just writing and it's just been, I've been very fortunate to, you know, segue that into a business that has treated us pretty well in the, in the past couple of years. I, I love that because you've done something that I haven't seen a lot of journalists do, which is you've faced the reality of what's going on out there. And instead of saying, well, I'm doomed or I'm just going to work at McDonald's, <laughs> uh, I'm going to figure out a way to do what I love to do and diversify my income streams as well to give me a little bit more security and to limit my risk. And, um, you know, that's that's super cool. I, I don't see that a lot. Well, thanks. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, so so let, let's start there and let's talk about your commercial writing success because I think you started really getting into that not too long ago, right? Maybe two, three years ago? Right. And you've had some really fast success in that area and you've done it mainly by targeting small and mid-sized businesses. So tell me a little bit about that journey. Tell me a little bit about how you started and um, how you got to where you are today, where it's become such a big part of your income. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I really just started out writing for our local newspaper and rapidly, you know, just saw a business owner with a brand new business and I, you know, they were trying to do startups and they had, virtually no online presence, no Facebook page, no, you know, nothing, nothing like that. And so I just kind of decided to reach out, uh, because as a journalist and, and all the writing I did, you have to promote yourself. So you, you very quickly understand Twitter, understand Facebook, all those different social media outlets, because you have to self promote. So I didn't see why I couldn't apply those same lessons and things that I'd learned doing it for myself for someone else's business. So reached out to just one, you know, one small business and worked for a low rate to start and 
Uh, we saw some success and some cool things happened and kind of merged some PR service with that too, you know, pitching guest blogs and things like that for um, on behalf of him and just kind of escalated from there. And so I got a little bit of a reputation in locally for, um, you know, having this one contact who told his friends and who told their friends and, and it just really kind of blossomed from there where I really networked my butt off and, you know, just really treated it as a business instead of kind of hiding, you know, in my house as a, as a writer, I really was out there and, and, um, interacting with the business owners that I wanted to work for and targeting the ones that I wanted to work with, you know, that's the key too. And people that do value the content and, you know, maybe they have, you know, of the word blog on their website, but then they've never actually started it or they haven't posted in five months. Those were the kind of people that I thought, okay, they get it, but they just are so busy and so overwhelmed that they just need a little help. And so I kind of approached it that way. And, um, people have been really receptive and, you know, every single client that I have has a different story of how they got to me or how I got to them. And, you know, just trying to deliver, excellent content along the way and build a, you know, positive reputation, you know, really locally and then kind of branching out from there and, you know, getting more into regional, some regional customers. But with what, with what I do, these, these clients really like to kind of have that personal, you know, cause they're trusting me, they're handing over their passwords and they're, you know, really trusting me to be the voice and understand their business from the inside out. So um, having that face to face has been kind of crucial, I think, for for helping uh, be successful. So, okay, so a couple things that I that I really like about what you said there is one is it seems like you were able to leverage that first client to get in front of other prospects. Mm-hmm. And that they kind of helped you out by maybe you know pimping you out or and <laughs> talking about how great you are. So I, I want to hear more about that because I'm I, I I talk a lot about uh, the importance of leveraging each win that you have and kind of trading up at each step in order mm-hmm. to kind of exponentially grow your business. So tell me about how that worked and what you think you did right in order to go from that one win into two or three other wins. Yeah, so he actually the um, had a business. He was a, a grad student at SCAD with you know, Savannah College of Art and Design here and just had a lot of connections in the kind of creative world, nonprofit world, done a lot of uh, like startup pitches and, you know, fast pitch uh, kind of competitions. And so just he was actually a well-connected individual that introduced me to kind of, you know, his uh, sphere of influence and uh, one of them happened to be a nonprofit here, which is called the Creative Coast. And they work a lot with trying to make Savannah an attractive place to own a business, you know, relocate to, to start a business. And so getting in with them was really great uh, because, you know, these business owners are going to them for advice. And if they need, they say, oh, I need a blog, then, you know, I'm kind of right there top of mind for the Creative Coast to recommend me. So, you know, that was, that really was kind of the start to, you know, integrating myself more into the business community here and, you know, having a little bit more influence. And then, you know, we had a couple really cool things happen for him. Um, he was on Brazen Careerist. There was a top 20, like 30 under 30 list that I had, you know, 
seen on you know, Twitter and started following as, you know, through his account. And he actually ended up being on that list. And there was, you know, like President Obama's speechwriter was also on that 20 for 20. So there, you know, that was like a really cool, I mean, it was free and, you know, I didn't have to write a ton. It was just being aware on social media because he had absolutely zero time to spend on social media. So kind of trusted me to do that for him. And, you know, that, that was a great win, something we could brag about a little bit, but from there I had started offering social media audits and strategy because I just saw so many people doing it wrong or, or just doing it inefficiently and, and not being very effective with what they were doing. So it kind of came from a place of wanting to, you know, just cold email people and reach out and say, okay, tweak this, this, and this, and you're going to be so much more productive and, and engaging with your target audiences than you currently are. So there's been the teaching aspect as well, where I don't, I don't always manage uh, the digital marketing side for companies, but sometimes just give them tools and advice and, you know, just a game plan for how they can personally do a better job with their social media and, and blogging and things like that. So that's been a, another piece where some small business owners that, you know, they don't want to invest a monthly, you know, fee to me, but they might a one-time fee where just to more, you know, understand me because some of these people, you know, they've been running a business for 20 years and then all of a sudden social media is such a huge part of what they need to do and they're not really equipped. So they just want some one-on-one time to understand different platforms or just the overall strategy. And I've been able to do that as well. All right. So the first, then that's great. That's the, the first way you were, you were fortunate enough that your first client happened to be very well connected and that led yes. to some other very well connected organizations, which just, you know, from that point, um, you had momentum on your side very Definitely. early on, which is fantastic. Uh, but then you also mentioned how you've also done some proactive outreach by prospecting via email to some businesses and organizations. You mentioned one thing that you did earlier in terms of what you look for. One was, do they have a blog? Because that would mean that they get it, but you know maybe they haven't updated in six months. Mm-hmm. What are the things do you look for to see if this is a viable prospect? Uh, so you also mentioned social media, but maybe they're not active. I mean, can you give us an idea? Because there, I mean, there's hundreds of th- well, there's actually millions of small businesses in the country. So how do you narrow this down? How do you know which ones are high probability? Well, for me, one I try to gravitate toward, I do gravitate towards uh, tourism and entertainment related businesses because those interest me naturally. And I love writing about travel. And so Savannah is a, you know, tourist destination. So I've been able to reach out to restaurants and tours and, you know, those kind of things that, that interest me and that have kind of a, even though Savannah is a small town, really, they have a bigger reach because people from all over are visiting here. You know, we 12 million visitors a year. So they kind of have a little bit more of a budget, even though they're small businesses because they're part of that, that our tourism industry here. Um, but as far as just kind of pinpointing other businesses that I've reached out to, you know, if they have the egg on as their Twitter profile picture still, that's kind of like ding, 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 you know, they're on Twitter, but they still have the egg profile. They haven't even, you know, put their, picture yet um so well, that, by, by the way that's that's mm-hmm. what i actually look like so <laughs> well humpty then, dumpty is my 
middle name. Yeah. So, and then Facebook, I mean, it really kind of goes back to, are they posting 10 times a day? Are they post, uh, have they not posted in three months? You know, it's, it, basically are they doing some things wrong or, you know, ineffective that they could be doing better? And, um, you know, like I said, just having to be so active on it personally, then I kind of, you know, I just get a sense of what works for me and I have a really good idea of what works for them. And, uh, we also have visit Savannah as, um, our social media for, you know, for our tourism board and they're really, really successful. They win awards and, and all this stuff and watching them, you know, seeing the success they've had, you know, a lot of times with some of the tourism related businesses I work with, it, they can kind of replicate or, you know, mimic some of the things that visit Savannah is doing and, and feed off that because they've had such a, uh, you know, large percentage of success. So, you know, as far as um, other businesses, it really boils down to uh, just how active they are on, you know, online in general. So, you know, there's a website called getlisted.org and you can just plug in a business name and website or zip code and it pops up like a, a grade. So what your online grade is for, you know, being listed. And so sometimes to, um, interest a, a client, a potential client, I will send them their score and I'll say, Hey, you know, your score right now is 51% on get listed and we could get your score a lot higher than that. And that's, that might be enough to, for them to start a dialogue with me. And we might, you know, we might meet for coffee and we might schedule a phone call. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it takes a year, two years to, to land someone. I know that sounds discouraging, but you know, you never know what little touch out there that might come back later and, you know, be a paying client. So we actually just started working with some, with a, a small company here that I had reached out to two years ago when they opened and they were not ready to invest in, you know, digital marketing. They just wanted to get their business off the ground, but they remembered me. They, you know, I kind of kept on their radar a little bit, actually wrote a couple articles just you know, for a newspaper and magazines here about them and just, you know, in general. And so just, you know, I was slowly on their radar. And then finally, a week ago, you know, had a meeting, now working with them. So just putting a lot of feelers out there and, you know, it's all kind of paid off and things have really in the last six months, especially have really kind of solidified and picked up. I love that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in email prospecting myself and keeping it very, very relevant. Um, so I love the fact that that's how you're you're making your outreach. And it, it sounds like you look for something that um, is, of course, relevant to them and it's connected to what you do. And you gently maybe mention that, hey, you know, I can potentially help you in this area. But you do it in a way, and I mean, I'm just guessing, you tell me, Maybe you do it in a way that doesn't come across as you're screwing up um, <laughs> and I can I can fix it. Yeah. It is that delicate balance of, you know, pointing out somewhere they could, you know, just be stronger and not insulting them. I mean, obviously, you know, their business is their baby. And so there is that fine line of, of trying to be delicate. But, um, you know, I usually start out with something really positive on, you know, why I love their business and actually the very first client I landed, you know, he had a really cool product. So I kind of lavished on a little bit of praise and then just came in with, you know, right away one or two just ideas or 
suggestions or whatever that I thought would be useful and, you know, try to show right away, give them some value, you know, even if, you know, at least they will walk away with a good taste in their mouth about me and, and positive, you know, feelings toward me and, and the email or whatever, however we meet. Yeah, you're right. That that's absolutely key. And the other thing I loved about what you're doing is that you're um, you've decided to stay in a particular target market, and um, I think that that adds so much credibility, right? Because you can list maybe a, a few clients that you've worked with, and that right away uh, sets you apart from somebody who's just kind of all over the map. So I, I would think that 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 adds some strength to your message. Yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, it, it, in the beginning, it really was more of a free for all where I was you know, taking it where I could get it. But then I've been able to narrow it down a little bit more where, you know, work with two restaurants and work with um, like a food tour company and, you know, just things that are, like I said, travel and entertainment related um, that are just kind of fun businesses. And, and to me, you know, I can get on board and, and be very passionate about their businesses because there's something fun that, you know, I like to do or um, that I would, you know, feel very comfortable recommending to anyone. So, you know, I, I have worked with, uh, you know, several clients, especially in the beginning where, you know, I was doing it. It was great, but it wasn't the perfect fit. And so I think in the beginning that happens sometimes when you just, you know, you, you're learning as you go and you might work with, not your ideal client, maybe, you know, right below that. And then that gets you later on to, to those ideal clients. So. Yeah. Makes sense. What, uh, what can you tell me about when you do engage with a prospect and you start some dialogue? Um, is there, um, a certain type of project that you maybe throw out there, um, to just kind of get in the door or, is it all over the place depending on what what seems to be hot on their plate? Uh, well, what I've kind of started doing more is really giving them like the big picture. So I'll, you know, create a proposal that shows everything that I could do for them. And it probably is a little overwhelming at times, but I want them to kind of then, you know, pick and choose from that what they actually need and want. And then customize, you know, like a monthly retainer from there. So, you know, it's it's a you know pretty hefty proposal of social media, you know, content marketing, and even a little bit of PR thrown in, just to show all the different things that I'm capable of. And I think, in some ways, you know, I know that they took about niche, and you know, you need to be super focused. But I think sometimes with these small businesses, they want a one stop shop, and they want to know that. Later on, if they have more of a budget for it, they can just use me and utilize me more. Um, so I, I feel like that's been really effective for me to, you know, kind of throw it all out there. And then typically we pare it down and we, we talk about what they actually need in this moment. But the door's already open for more later. You know, I have a, a, one client I'm working with right now that really wants to start a blog. You know, in 2014, I've been working with him for eight months and really mostly on social media. And so, you know, there's that, that door is open now for, for me to do even more for them. And as they grow and their budget grows, then I, you know, I get more responsibilities. Okay. That, that makes sense. So, you know, you give plus, you know, I guess by showing them everything you can do, 
they're aware of some things that maybe they didn't think you you could offer, and and now that comes up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are there any types of assignments that um, that you like best? Any particular types of projects that kind of in in your sweet spot? I mean, you mentioned a lot of them, but uh, I'm curious to see what you like best. Well, um, I really like working with newer businesses. It doesn't have to be brand new, but you know, young businesses that um, are just starting out and really, you know, like I said, are just overwhelmed with all the things they need to do. And there's just such a great potential for growth and, you know, just getting them out there as much as possible. So that's kind of fun because I don't have to fix, you know, mistakes or anything that's been made in the past, but it's more of just helping them shape their online voice and, you know, who they are and what, what their company stands for and the stories behind their company. And, you know, talking with people sometimes, they don't realize how fascinating they are, you know, cause they just see themselves as, you know, they get up and they go to work and that and they go to bed, but you know, there's, there's the connections and then the, you know, charities they are involved in and just all the different stories that make up their persona and who they are. And so I really love kind of you know, teasing those out and helping lay the groundwork for long-term success uh, for these small businesses, because many of them, you know, they, they're going to be owner operators for the long haul. And so if I can help, you know, get them off on the right foot and, um, you know, carve out their, their place online, it makes me feel, you know, really good. And, like I'm making a positive impact for them. How do you position yourself with, with these businesses? So how do you position your ser- yourself and your services so that they're really seen as an investment and not so much of a cost? Because, you know, obviously these, especially the startups, very cost conscious, cash flow is an issue. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do you do that? Well, I sometimes it kind of depends, you know, it, for example, just going back to the blog example, you know, sometimes it's just hard facts. You know, once you have 31 blog posts, then you get, you know, 30% more traffic to your website. You know, those kind of things that those outside, you know, studies and kind of emphasizing those have, that's, that's actually been effective several times for me to, to do that. And like I said, I mean, trying to connect with businesses that already seem to get it and just, don't have the time to do it. So most people I approach are not, um, you know, negative from the get go. They, they, they have value. They see the value. And I can tell, you know, too, from the the initial email, if, if they're asking me questions and seeing, you know, want to start a dialogue, then they, there's somebody that I would like to work with. So, um, you know, that's kind of been my way of weeding out what wouldn't be, great for either side. You know, you don't want a negative experience for, for myself or for the business owner. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm curious what you would tell someone who's listening right now and saying, you know what, this sounds exactly like exactly what I'd like to do. I, you know, I personally, I, I'm a big proponent of the corporate market. I mm-hmm. love the corporate market, um, but I know a lot, of, a lot of people are intimidated by it or they don't like it. That's not their thing. And maybe they're listening right now thinking, wow, this is that's exactly what I would love to do. Those are the types of clients I'd love to work for. What, what advice would you give 
someone in that situation? Well, I think one, just to start thinking of themselves as a business, because really it's, you know, you're, you're equals, you're both small business owners, you're both, you know, have that entrepreneurial spirit and, you know, that's number one, I think that instead of saying I'm a writer, I mean, there's, there's more to it than that. And then the, like I said, the networking has been really crucial. You know, I, I joined the chamber and I'm part of a female entrepreneur group and, uh, there's just all these, my hands are in so many different little pots for, for networking. And, you know, that's been really helpful and I feel like my name, you know, is out there enough, especially locally that, you know, it's been, really positive where sometimes somebody I meet someone and they already, you know, have, Oh yeah. Some, so-and-so told me about you. So there's kind of that name recognition that's been really great with all the networking, but really starting just with one business that you admire, you know, that, that was the key for me. Like I said, the for very first client had a really cool product and I knew that I could get on board about it and, you know, share his message and be passionate about it because I thought it was, really interesting. So you know, your favorite restaurant in town or your, um, you know, favorite store, whatever, you know, approaching them, especially if they need the help and you can see that there's some things that they can improve on, you know, that's a great place to start. And, um, working, you know, nonprofits, you do have some budget sometimes and especially the nonprofits that have connections. I mean, with all these different business owners, that was huge for me to, to make that connection. And, you know, I worked for them for a very low rate, you know, almost basically charity. (laughs) And, uh, that, you know, that proved to be really helpful and, and just kind of some credibility, you know, where, okay, so she's doing this for them. And, you know, it, it just kind of that goodwill really helped launch things for me. Yeah, you know, when I was starting out, I was um, I did some pro bono work for an association um, here in town that was very target rich. So a lot of prospects uh, were members, and a lot of great things came out of of that just from the regular networking events and some other things. But there were a few things that came out of just doing a couple of pro bono projects for them internally. Uh-huh. Um, and the executive director hooked me up with a CEO of a, of a software company. And I mean, just introductions like that, that are invaluable, um, uh-huh. and all because they, they understood that I was there to help them. I was doing it, uh, in a very sincere way and they just really liked the work too. That was the other thing. They saw my work and they thought, you know, this guy, I, let's try to help him out. So, yeah. You know, if you do it for the right organization, the right group, the right people, I think it could work really well. So I agree. Um, and, and I'm curious, how do you stay up to date with um, you know, social media and content marketing developments and news and case studies? You know, how do you, how do you stay on top of, of all those happenings? Any, any advice there? Yeah, I love Convince and Convert, Jay Bear's blog and website, and he has the social news of the day, you know, one piece of one social thing that, that goes out in a newsletter. And I've read both of his books and, um, Jason falls, you know, no BS social media was really the first book I read for social media purposes and following, you know, him online and, um, really just 
kind of watching, you know, so depending on the client, you know, keeping an eye on the, you know, the big guys, what are they doing? What, you know, what's Nike doing? What are these really huge companies doing? Because the truth is that the small, you know, the small businesses can play big now. And so, and customers actually expect, you know, they're used to, you know, these bigger companies responding within 24 hours. So the small businesses need to respond within 24 hours, you know, that, that that's kind of trickling down from the top. So watching what they're doing and, and just kind of learning from them and just being aware. And if there's a new, you know, vine comes out, I'm going to jump on immediately and try it out. You know, anything that, anything that happens like that, I'm going to try it out for myself personally and be my, be the guinea pig. And then what works best and um, you know, what's most effective I'll then use on behalf of my clients as well. So it's just so much experimenting and trying things and not being afraid of, you know, looking foolish, I guess, basically, you know, trying, trying everything you can and seeing what sticks and, you know, if something is not working, then spending a lot less time on it and, you know, really channeling energy into the platforms and things that are being effective. Yeah, you know, I found um, Social Media Examiner is fantastic for, yes. for case studies, right? It's um, it's so great to see how some of these businesses are using these tools to grow their audience and uh, develop uh, greater loyalty. And um, but there's a lot of creativity uh, at play there. Definitely. Uh, so, well, Shonda, this is this is fantastic, and really, I'm I'm inspired by your story and how quickly you've been able to develop this income stream, uh, especially in your local market, which is not something that um, I see a lot of people do. And, and for, for those who want to learn more about you, um, where, where should they go? My website is the best place to start. It's shawnarussell.com. And I'm very active on Twitter. So my Twitter handle is at shawnarussell. And you can find you know the digital products and books I'm working on and books that are available on my website as well. Yeah. And you have a, a new, uh, ebook or e-guide out, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. It's called how to become a freelance writer in 30 days and, you know, more targeted for people just starting out that don't have very many clips or people that have full-time jobs, but want to, you know, have another income stream and, and a side hustle and can, you know, use their, expertise in any industry and you know write on the side about that as well so um that's been really fun and uh carol tice's you know blog that you found me on that was kind of geared towards that and i'm uh, hoping to write a kind of a follow-up which would be the next level and be about entrepreneurial writing you know kind of what we talked about today turning writing into just more than you know some articles but really using the writing skills in a lot of different ways. Oh, that's super. That's super. And they can learn more about that e-guide right there on your website. Yes. Super. Um, Hey, Chandra. Well, again, thanks so much. I appreciate you sharing these ideas with us. It's, it's been fun. Thank you, Ed. (laughs) Well, folks, there you go. Just (laughs) more proof that I don't have all the answers. Uh, Chandra is, Living proof that you can go after small local businesses and still make a good living doing so. But just like with any strategy, you can't just throw spaghetti at the wall. You really have to do things right. You have to work smart. 
And you have to know when and how to pivot, if you will, as things change, as the situation changes, as you're getting feedback, you're seeing what works and doesn't work. And um, you have to be smart about that. So take her advice to heart. There is a market for small businesses, but you have to know how to do it right and how to make changes as you move through this process. You can grab the detailed show notes of this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 32. And I wanted to give you guys a reminder that uh, early registration for my next B2B business launcher group training closes in just a few days. We actually start on January 7th, but the early bird discount and registration is going to be up and very soon. This, by the way, for those of you who are not familiar with it, this is the group training program where I'll teach you step-by-step how to launch a successful and profitable B2B writing business in 10 weeks or less. It's a very hands-on program, lots of one-on-one time with me, lots of mentoring, very small group environment. It's fantastic. The successes that are coming out of this program have been amazing and I'm excited to offer an opportunity to get in early, secure your spot before it sells out and save yourself $500 in the process plus grab some pretty cool goodies. And you can learn more about this early bird discount and this opportunity by visiting b2blauncher.com forward slash early bird. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be very grateful if you shared it with friends and colleagues who you think will benefit from it. And the easiest way to do that is to go to b2blauncher.com forward slash love, or to just use any of the social media sharing buttons that you see on the show notes page. And finally, it would mean a lot to me if you decided to give the show a quick star rating or a sentence or two, an honest sentence or two uh, review in iTunes. And the easiest way to do that is by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash iTunes. So that's it for this episode, folks. I hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll see you next week. In the meantime, you have yourself an awesome day. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.